y'all so much. Thank you, Sister Diane. Good job. Good job. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> good job. Yeah, she thought she didn't think she done a good job. She done a great job. <laughs> but anyhow, it's good to be here. This is my favorite Sunday. Yeah, because it's for Sunday. I think all Sundays are good though. But anyhow, this is one of my favorite. But anyhow, it's good to be here this morning. Us uh, come to the Lord in prayer. Lift up the course need to pray for uh, Kenneth and Maggie. Yes. This morning need to lift them up and uh, and of course, uh, Brother Don. Brother Don. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Don, yeah. And for, for Lee. What's his name? And, um, Nail. Nail. Nail Robert. And continue to pray for Bowling. We got so many we need to pray for. Uh, anyone else? Yes. Yeah, Kathy and Nail need good to know in prayer because if you know what a caregiver does for a person, you know that they have a job to do. Oh, yeah. It's good to have our travelers back. Chris and Pam. Bob, it's good to have you all back. Michael's mother's taking another time for the mother's. So. Who's that? Michael's mom. Michael's mom. Anyone else who needs to lift up prayer? Well, we are, again, we have so many things to pray for. And, uh, and you know, I do have unspoken requests, and we are all doing that. You know, we need to pray for each other. We always need to pray for each other and always pray for our pastors. Always look at pastors. But well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, so, this time, Brother Bob, I'm going to call on you if you don't mind. Heavenly Father, we bow again, God. Heavenly Father, we trust in your grace, God. We thank you, God. Heavenly Father, for your love and mercy and for your blessings, God. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, when you. Uh, held us close, God, and protected us from the storms of life, Lord. And Heavenly Father, we pray, God, that you continue, dear Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray, God, that you bless this service this morning. God, help us, Lord. Uh, to put everything aside, God, that would hinder us, God. Uh, Heavenly Father, that would cause us to hinder the service, dear Lord. Heavenly Father, that we would lift you up on high, dear God. Heavenly Father, that we would worship you in spirit and truth this morning, dear God. We pray, God, that you help us to do that because we can't do it on our own, dear God. We pray, God, that you help us live the life that we need to live, God, because we can't do that on our own, dear God. This morning, God, we just sit here, God, knowing our unworth, dear God, knowing how where we come short, where we fail, God, but this morning, dear God, we ask you to forgive us, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, would you just help us, Lord, as your people, God. Heavenly Father, lift you up, God, so that the world can see you, Lord. Lord, we pray, God, because we know that, that you can make a difference, dear God, in those that we love and those that we know and those that don't know you, God, that you can make them right, God, with you and that they can have a relationship with the Father yes. with you today, God. And we pray this, God. We pray, God, that you bless our pastor today, God. Heavenly Father, if it falls his lot to preach, God, would you just help him from on high, dear God? Send a preacher, Lord, that 
Your word would go out, God, and not come back, boy. And God, we pray today, Lord, uh, for, for every heart and every prayer request that's been made, dear God. God, those that weren't made, Lord, you know who they are, dear Lord. Lord, would you just bless us again. We ask, God, that wherever your people meet today, God, you'd bless them with your presence, dear Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, God, you come and bring our devotion. Good to be back this morning. Good to see everybody. Uh, already been mentioned that our travelers are back. Hammond, Bobby, Hammond, Chris, we're glad, glad to see y'all back. Um, devotion this morning is strange, I guess. Uh, it's going to come courtesy of uh, uh, Billy Graham and Albert Einstein. And... Uh, I'll go preface this by saying that uh, there, there is a there is an end to this, and uh, I want to uh, I'll get to that. But uh, it seems as though right before Billy Graham's 93rd birthday, there was a group somewhere in North Carolina, I believe, that's wanting to bring him to a luncheon and, and maybe just honor him a little, have him if he felt like it, speak a little, and uh, so. Um, his Parkinson's was acting up, and he said he didn't really know if he ought to go. He, he was not feeling real well, but last minute he decided to go, and he said he decided to buy a new suit before he went because he hadn't had one in a long time. And so he bought him a new suit, and, and he went, and uh, he, uh, I, I wrote me a couple of notes here so I wouldn't forget all of this. Um, said that, uh, you know, several people got up and spoke, and then it was his turn, and he got up, and he said that uh, he was reminded of Albert Einstein. He said he was on a train coming from Princeton one time, and the uh, engineer came by and was punching the tickets. I guess they used to have a ticket, you'd punch it, and maybe if it's a, uh, a round trip, you got one punch, you could go, one punch, you could come back. Anyway, he got to Albert Einstein and he couldn't find his tickets. And he was looking in all his pockets. And, and the conductor said, that's okay, Dr. Einstein. I know who you are and I know you bought a ticket. That's fine. Don't worry about it. So he goes on, punching tickets on down the car. And he got to the end and he looked back and he saw Albert Einstein down in the floor looking under his seat and just still. And he walked back and he said, Dr. Einstein, I know you bought a ticket. Don't, don't worry about it. And he said, I know who you are. And he said, Einstein stood up and he said, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. <laughs> so Bill Graham expanded on that a little bit. And, uh, he said, uh, Einstein was known for not uh, trying to remember anything. He said, if I could look it up, I don't have to remember it and, and scramble my brain up. But he, uh, he, uh, uh, he went on and spoke a little bit. And he said, uh, Bill Graham said, when, he said, I bought this suit for two events. One of them is this event today, and this is the suit I want to be buried in. So he said, when you hear of my death, I don't want you to think of this pretty suit I'm wearing. I want you to remember that, unlike Albert Einstein, I do know where I'm going. Amen. 
And, and that reminded me of a song that uh, there was a young man came to Pennington High School back in, I guess, 1960, probably 1966 and 1967. He came two years in a row. His name was Eddie Kilburn, and he sang a song. It's, I don't know where I'm going. It just He had a guitar, and uh, uh, I think they had a maybe two guitars and an upright bass. The guy's playing an upright bass. There was three of them. And, and that song just went on about, uh, I know where I'm going. I know who's going with me. I know why there's music in the quiet summer mornings. And, and uh, he, he went on about singing about it. And at the very end of it, he said, I know where I'm going, but do you know where you're going? And as a, as a lost 13, 14-year-old kid, that song tore me up, and I remember it. And my sister bought an album. He was selling albums out at the auditorium. And she bought uh, an album each year. And I've still got those. And I still take them out and play them every once in a while. And they're a little bit fuzzy and scratchy sounding, but they still sound good to me. But I just wanted to, to, to emphasize that we can know where we're going. Amen. And we don't have to wonder. And there's some scripture I'm going to read. This is normally, I guess, read. Uh, really hard trying times, maybe the loss of a loved one or something. The 14th chapter of John says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So we can know with assurance where we're going. When we draw that last breath, when, as, as I think Ben Gregory says, when our ticket is punched, we know where we're going. So just, uh, just keep that in mind. There's, there's assurance. When the gospel preached and you hear that word, if um, God's Spirit touches you, if He draws you, you can accept that, and you will always know where you're going. You won't have to worry about that anymore. <coughs> so just, when our tickets punch, we need to know our destination. And, and we know our destination. Uh, it's one of two places, so let's make sure it's the right one. Anyone got a comment or anything this morning before we take our classes? But, if not, we'll take our classes at this time. Good to have our visitors here today.
we're showing low, low battery, Mitchell. We'll see if it hangs in there. All right. Hey, good morning, everyone. How do we get such a... I tell you what, I can't remember many days like today in July. Oh, it was nice out this morning. Yes, it was wonderful. Yeah. I just want to say that I've got the best seat in the house. I saw all these little children going back to the Sunday school class. I thought you were going to say I was the best looking brother in law you had. Well, you are. All right, okay. I had to work for it, it was worth it. Yeah. I'll take what I can get this morning. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I didn't, not a lot of competition there, yeah. Oh, that's a uh, it's good to see each one this morning. We're in the book of Romans. We basically just did an introduction last Sunday. We're in the first chapter of Romans. And as we go in through these chapters, I am going to ask folks to help me with this book. It's such a good book. I'd like to get different people's thoughts as we go through it. But what Paul's going to do is he's going to eventually here in this first chapter describe the problem He's going to prove that everybody has the problem and then the, go over the cure. Yeah. Uh, as far as sinfulness and righteousness. But as we talked last Sunday, Paul's in Corinth. He's writing to the church that's at Rome, which at that time of the history would have been as our Washington, D.C. It was the center of everything for the Roman Empire. But in that first verse... He talks about the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the news of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. And Paul's going to say later on he wasn't ashamed of that at all. He was right proud of it. But he talks about in the first verse, so let me just read it again. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. This gospel which he had promised beforehand by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Remember that verse back there about pouring out his spirit on all flesh? Yeah. But the gospel concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Now if we just took the lineage down from David, it would come down to Christ. Of course, we believe in the virgin birth, but lineage-wise, he was son of David. But in verse 4, he was declared, talking about Christ, to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Now, let me leave out the parenthesis, or the in-between there and read that. I think it makes more sense and declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. You know, as we read in the Gospels all the different things that Christ did. He healed. He taught. But where His power really shone through was the resurrection. And Michael's opinion is that's something you've got to believe to be saved. I really think, yeah. You've got to believe Christ rose from the dead to ever have salvation. Yeah. That's a gotta. Yeah. 
because that's where he really showed his power. He showed that he had power over demonic spirits, over illnesses, but his power over death. That's the name of the game. I mean, as Paul said, if I could paraphrase it, what's the point? If we don't believe in the resurrection, what's the point? Why bother? That's what it's all about, the resurrection. Christ said, being the first fruit of all the resurrections. Now, we read in the Gospels a few people who were brought from the dead. But uh, as the old song says, that great getting up morning, it'll be big time resurrection of the dead. Yeah. And that's really where our hope lies, isn't it? You know, I am in no hurry to die. I'll tell you that right up front. I have some things I'd like to see. But I know that when I die, I'll just be taking a nap, waiting for that call, yeah, to wake up. And that's the point Paul makes here. The real place that Christ shown his power was in the resurrection. Yeah, that was, that's the pinnacle, that's the peak. And because he has eternal life, we have eternal life. Yeah. You want to comment on that? I am a stickler on believing in the resurrected Christ. Now, I know he didn't make a big scene. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't think a single person who did not believe Christ when he walked on this earth saw him after he rose. I believe he just went back to what we'd call the church. Yeah. Because then it had been sight, not faith, wouldn't it? Yeah. Verse 5, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. Do you know that? We're all called. You know, we'll use the phrase, this person's called to be a minister, but we're all called. Called to be what? To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. You know, we, we think of saints, we think of a lot in the Catholic religion where they have this saint. But hey, sister, Saint Pam, Saint Belinda, Saint Roger, Saint Benny, we're called to be saints. Yeah. What is a saint? You ever looked that word up? What is a saint? Anybody? I can tell, tell me. Oh, you can't tell me. No. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's really a shame on all of us. We read these words, but we never really look into them. A saint is someone that's separated holy. Yeah. Yeah. A saint's a saved person. That's what it is. Someone's been washed in the blood. That's what a saint is. Yeah. It's not, you know, anything to do with works. They'll come. But it's what it's the position we hold because of salvation. That's something I don't think we really think about it much is when we're saved, the position that we're put in. You know, uh, as Brother Dustin the other night was preaching on uh, being saved up at uh, New Amos, and he, he put it in a way I'd, I'd really never thought about he said, we're not righteous. It's just that we've been declared righteous. 
I never really thought about it that way. You know, even though I'm saved, my soul is sealed with the Spirit of God. You know, my flesh is still woefully bound to sin. I have to fight it every day. But I'm declared righteous because of my salvation. So when God sees me, He sees a righteous person. Not that I am, but I've been declared righteous. Amen. Yeah. It's like the covering on the ark. Yeah. It's pure gold. Yeah. God, God looks, He sees the pure gold. He doesn't see mm -hmm. the sins of man. Below. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But uh, we're... I'm Michael, sorry. Uh, I, I think the writer of, of Rock of Ages... Uh, in the second verse, it is um, right on the, um, could my tears forever flow, could my mm -hmm. zeal no longer know, these for sin should not atone, will not atone, thou must save and thou must alone. Yeah. Uh, we can't cry enough, we can't work enough to, and because it's, it's really, I mean, it is our sin as, as a member of the human race, but it's not like stealing chickens, right. and and but it's that original sin that we're sit, we're saved from, um, and it, it'll only come through um, the the blood of Christ. Uh, it's the song we sang before Sunday school. Yeah. But we're put in that position. We're given that title of righteous. When God looks at you, He says, there's my righteous brother Roger, Roger, my son Roger. He's righteous because I've declared him to be righteous. That's pretty neat, isn't it? That's pretty neat. Well, and, and you know, it, the, the righteous part of us is that perfect part that yeah. Christ put down in us. Sure. Uh, the, the bow you see is very, very far from righteous. It, it's that in my heart that Christ put in there and it's his righteousness not mine mm -hmm. yeah. and, and I think that Dustin put it well that I've just been uh, declared righteous because I have that, mm -hmm. that drop of blood applied to my yeah. soul Abraham was accounted righteous mm -hmm. because of his faith mm -hmm. that, didn't, that hadn't changed ever no no he died and he rose. Yes. Yeah, and that's, that's the point I think Paul's making here. It wasn't just the perfect life. It wasn't just his death, but he rose. Yeah. That's where the power really came in. He had the power to rise. Yeah. He had just died for the cause. He would have just been martyred. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been martyred. But he rose triumphantly as a savior. Yeah, and, and the, the first fruit of resurrection, uh, that's what he was. And uh, if he rose, so shall we, yeah. because he promised us that. And in every other, and I'll use parentheses and the little r for religion in the world, all the followers die, all the followers die for the leader, don't they? Yeah. Christianity. <laughs> The leader died for the followers. Yeah, that's the uniqueness of Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else. What? The best example I've heard 
is the criminal standing before the judge mm -hmm. who's committed some crime. Mm -hmm. And the judge looks the situation over and he offers the criminal a pardon. And the pardon says, the criminal says, no, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. So now he will go to prison, not for his crimes, but for rejecting the pardon. It's mm -hmm. exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. An aggravated uh, state of condemnation. Yeah. The judge was going to give all those sins and put them on Christ so that you could go free. Yeah. Somebody had to pay that fine. Christ was going to pay the fine. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly right. Someone else. Verse 7, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, if I can have grace and peace in my life, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. And that would be easily done living in Rome because everything for the rest of the Roman Empire went in and out from Rome. Yeah. They were at the main post office, you would say. So their faith would have been known throughout. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son. He brings that word in again, doesn't he? The gospel of His Son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. You ever notice in pretty much every book that Paul wrote, he made sure that church knew that he prayed for them constantly. Yeah. He wanted the churches to know uh, that he cared about them. That he was praying for them. He had their back in the prayer life. Every church, he emphasized that. So it must have been important for those folks to know that Paul was trying to lift them up in a way, even though he couldn't be there, he was trying to lift them up. Now, with that mind and in the way my mind thinks, I think, what's the worst mistake you could ever make asking Paul to come eat dinner with you? Would it not be to ask him to say the blessing? <laughs> that food would be ice cold by the time he got through praying for everybody he'd promised to pray for, wouldn't it? <laughs> See, y'all don't know Michael's mind works weird, but I thought, oh, man. All right. Sorry. That's why at family gatherings, we don't ask Robbie to pray. We ask for Oh, okay. Got gotcha. you. Verse 10, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Number one. Uh-oh. Number one, he wanted to come badly, but he wanted to come when God wanted him to come. Yeah. And so far, God hadn't wanted him to come. He had other places to go. Paul really wanted to go to Rome for two reasons. One, it's the hub of the whole empire. But number two, it was going to be a launching point into Greece and as far west as he could go. Yeah. But he wanted to come but he wanted to come when God wanted him to come. And there's a big lesson there for us. I can have the greatest idea, 
But until God leads me, it's going to be useless. Verse 11, for I long to see you that I, when he gives the reasons, number one, he wants to see them that he might impart unto you some spiritual gift. I want to come see you so that I can give you something spiritual, something that will help you in your spiritual life. And to do that, that you may be established. Paul wanted to help build these people up, build this church up. But they'll be established and not lacking something in their, gospel, in their Christian walk. Yeah. Not to be wishy-washy about it. Let me put it that way. We've got way too many wishy-washy Christians. We need some Christians that are established, who are convinced. Now, wishy-washy Christians are saved Christian. I don't mean it that way, okay? They're saved. But that they're established in it that they put their whole life in it. If there's, a, if there's a flaw that I see in Christians today so much, they're, they're no, I'm no more saved than they are, but they don't put their life in it after they're saved. They miss so much. Oh! Whoops. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But, but what, what I'm trying to get at, you know, when one's saved, eternally they're taken care of. I, I've said this and I really mean it. I couldn't undo it if I tried. Because I wasn't the one that sealed it. I cannot undo, I can, I can ruin my influence, I can ruin my name, my family's name, but I can't ruin my salvation. No matter what I try to do. If I wanted to for some crazy reason. But after salvation, if, if I'll put my life, and in our times that's where it is, in the church. I can't really grow spiritually and establish myself outside of being a part of a church. I can't do it. You can't do it. This is not a walk that we're called to walk alone. You'll never find in the Scriptures... Well, let me rephrase that. When Jesus sent men out, He, he always sent them by at least two, didn't He? Yeah. So someone would walk with Him. Said a court... What is it? A court of two strands is hardly broken and a court three... Yeah, two can be broken, but a cord of three is scarcely broken. I'm not getting that right. But yeah. But the church, to be in the church family. And the way to do that is what? After we're saved, baptized. Amen. To be baptized. But yeah, Paul wanted to establish this church. I cannot walk this walk the way I need to without the church. I cannot do it. No. Paul's desire was to go to Rome. Sir? Paul's desire was to go to Rome. Yes, it was. But it wasn't to go see the fancy buildings and no. the things that the man had created. It was to, like you say, put some, put some strength and legs on this church that was struggling there and, and trying, to, trying to get up out of the ground and go. Uh, his, his mission there was to help the new church, not to 
He was not a, he was not a tourist, let's put it that no. way. He was not going for the sights and sounds of the city. He was going to help the people that were there um, in their faith and, and give them a, a, a better basis to And they were enemies there. Oh, yeah. They were oh, enemies yeah. to the church. Sure. He called them out by name, some of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wanted to uh, also receive encouragement from them by mm -hmm. their faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To go to a place he'd never been to and to see the, the church established and, and doing what it should be doing. Yeah. But you know, as far as going to a church, I could listen to a preacher on the TV or the radio and I could study my Bible, I could study this mm -hmm. at home. But I'm not going to get what I get out of coming in here and shaking hands with his brothers and hugging his yeah. sister next and this fellowship that we have. I don't get that at home like I do here. It's, uh, yeah. You know, he says to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Um, we get strength from that. We draw strength from that. I'm sure Paul did too. You know, he was uh, he was kind of the, the spearhead of that church, but he drew his strength from that also. Yeah, and and don't ever think that Paul ever didn't get discouraged that he was this superman. He's human just like you and I are. Yeah, Paul needed encouraged sometimes. The, you know, as much as 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 amazing as what he wrote in the scriptures. Let's don't ever put Paul on this perfect podium. Because if, if I do that, you know, I, I say that sometimes, you know, these heroes of the faith, let's don't put them on above human platform because they weren't. They had bad days. They made mistakes. They'll get, knocked off the They'll get knocked off their pedestals. But they're showing me that I can reach a higher level in my spiritual life if I really want to. Yeah, I can reach heights because uh, they're, they were fallible people just like we are. Yeah. I imagine there were days where Paul took his pencil and just threw it against the wall. You know? Just having a... Mark is not profitable to me. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to fool with him. I ain't got time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it would be discouraging... A lot of the letters that Paul writes to the churches, um, a lot of them are letters correcting them. They, he's gotten word back that a lot of them have resorted back to what they were doing before they mm -hmm. got saved, and especially dealing with a lot of them going back to the traditions and formalities of Judaism. And uh, uh, so when he would get that word back, I know that had to discourage him a lot of times. Yeah. He, he would address them when he would write back to them. He would address them and what, what was going on. Yeah, the, the, the verse he wrote where he said, how could you so quickly have gotten messed up? Yeah, you know that was discouraging. And I don't know if I mentioned this last Sunday or not, but, but the challenge of reading an epistle of Paul is we don't hear the other end of the phone call. You know? All we hear is the, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Now, now. We don't hear what the person said on the other end, do we? Well, we, like you said, whether a letter was written to Paul or somebody brought him information, this is his response. So we, we, we just have to kind of figure out from what he wrote what the problem was. Yeah. 
So it's like one side of the conversation. We, we don't get the letter coming to Paul. And he said, as in verse 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Everyone in this building that has truly been saved, the Apostle Paul has nothing on you when it comes to salvation. It's a one dose, one size fits all. Yeah. Paul is no more saved than I was. That's a pretty good feeling too, isn't it? Yeah. Now he may do more. He may have done, well, he, I know he did a lot more with his life than I'll ever imagine doing. But on being saved, it's a yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. And here he said, here, here now in verse 13, as we've mentioned, now I would not have you ignorant, brethren. He wrote a lot of things to ignorant brethren. You'll find that in his books. He'll write to the ignorant brethren. <laughs> that oft times I purposed to come unto you, but was led hitherto that I might have some fruit among ye also as among other Gentiles. I wanted to come, but God said go this way. I got back. I wanted to come. God said go this way. Yeah. He eventually made it to Rome, but not quite like he planned, did he? He went in chains as a prisoner, yeah. Where are we at time? we got a couple minutes. He said, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, meaning the wise and the unwise. Greek was the language of the time in the Roman Empire. That's what you spoke if you were educated. Paul said that didn't matter to the educated, to the uneducated, the tall, the short, the thin, the fat. I'm debtor to them. And as so much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I want to I make this statement, and I'm not going to belittle anything by saying this, but let's say a normal church service, I had to start whittling things off. Okay? What am I going to whittle off first? I don't know. Let's say I've got to whittle something off. I'll go with devotion. Well, let's say I've got to whittle something else off. I guess Sunday school. Let's say I've got to whittle something else off. I'll whittle everything else I can but the gospel. That one I'm saving to last. The gospel. Yeah. Because as he's about to tell us, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's what will get the work done. Yeah, the gospel. To the world, the gospel is foolishness, and that's scripture. It's foolishness to the world, but to those that believe, it's the power of God. Amen. Yeah. So if I have to whittle everything here and there, I'm going to hold on to the very end before I lose the gospel. Because if I lose that, I've lost everything. Yeah. It's the most important thing there is in the church is the gospel of Christ. Yeah. 
Let me finish reading that. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew and also the Greek or the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith that is as written, the just shall live by faith. There's a saying that goes around in our sister churches, and I wish they'd phrase it differently when they say, we got to get them lost. No, they're, they're going to get themselves lost. They're born in sin just like all of it is. What we've got to do is get them to realize the condition they're in and what they need, the way out. Really? Yeah. We, we, we don't have to get them lost. Every human ever born will have to take care of that themselves. We can't yeah. get them lost. We can't get them. No. Yeah, that's what I mean. I wish we would I know what, what folks are trying to say, and I don't want to really be critical, but yeah. Because you, know, you look at that on the opposite way, Benny. If, if, if the gospel gets people lost, let's just quit preaching. Nobody else will get lost, right? Well, that's not the problem. The problem is they're born of Adam. Yeah. But the gospel reveals unto them the cure for being lost, reveals their state to them and the cure. Yeah. If so, we could get them lost, we could get them saved. That's probably true, too, if we had that much control over things. Yeah, yeah. All right, so a little soapbox there. I'm sorry. Yeah. We better stop. It's time to stop, and folks are waiting to come in. Anyone a word? We'll pick up on verse 18, okay? Appreciate your help, guys.